Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Missouri, you're on live. All right, gotcha. All right, all right, all right. This is Watchman on the Wall. This is Watchman on the Wall. This is Watchman on the Wall. End time. Global Link Ministry coming to you from Warren, Ohio. And beaming on down there in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, My friend from uh, Texas won't be on with me tonight. I haven't heard from him. I don't know if he's going to be on with me or not. But anyway, we're going to get on with the Word of God. Before we get on with it, we're going to ask you to have prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy one more time. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, the one and only, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to come to you in his presence, realizing nothing but your goodness that you give us and spare us another hour. And, Lord, since we're living, since I'm living for you, Lord, I'm going to proclaim your name. In your word, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. This is Elder Bazaar coming to you from Warren, Ohio. Going on down there at Brock Talk Radio, Derek Oliver is co-host, amen. He is the author of me being on this long of a time, since 2012. I've been on Brock Talk Radio preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his second coming. His second coming, his salvation first. Amen. That's the main thing we want to emphasize on, salvation first. Amen. Then when salvation comes, we, we, we need to expect holy living, righteous living. And then after the righteous living, we are prepared and let you know that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back to the earth to straighten out everything that's wrong, anything that's wrong, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is going to come back with the church, with the church. He's coming first after the church, and the church will be raptured up in a period of months, weeks, hours, days. I don't know, but I believe it's on the verge of moving out of here. I believe the trumpets are going to sound after a while. I believe that. Now, I don't know what you believe. I don't know what you're standing for. I don't know if you uh, 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 it's for the word of God uh, or you just for uh, just to say, well, I'm going to stand on the sideline and wait. But at the meantime, I'm going to do what I can do for myself. But I'm not trying to do anything for myself. I want to do this for the Lord Jesus Christ to proclaim his return. We realize and claim that the only true salvation that you can receive is from Christ. There is no other name given under heaven whereby men, women, boys, and girls can be saved than Jesus Christ. There's no other name that we can bow to. There's no other name that we can confess and receive salvation but through the name of Jesus Christ. Denominationalism is all right in a certain, certain extent, but uh, denomination can't save you. No denomination, no occult, no man can save you. No other, no other God, no other God. There are many gods, but they are false gods. 
And there's a lot of difference between false gods and true gods. There's only one true God, but there are many false gods. And we know these false gods arrive from. We know where they come from. They come from the fallen angels, the fallen angels that fell from heaven on ages ago. Amen. Before man was put on earth, amen, there was a revolt. There was a rebellion. There was a strictly rebellion in heaven. Lucifer, Lucifer rebelled against the God Almighty. He rebelled against the one that created him by speaking him, listen, speaking him into existence. God just spoke Lucifer, and he appeared. He spoke to angels, the Madrid of angels that he spoke into existence. When he spoke them, every one of them appeared out of nothing. They became something. Woo! That's power. That's the God of gods and the Lord of lords. That's the Alpha and Omega. That's the beginning and the end. That's the first of last. He is everywhere. He knows everything. He can see everything. He can hear everything. And he's everywhere. There's nowhere that he cannot be. So God really can't go nowhere. The reason because he can't go nowhere because there's nowhere for him to go since he's everywhere. And since he's everywhere, there's nowhere whoo, that you can hide from him. There's no way that you can fool him. There's no way that you can con him. There's no way that you can compromise with him. He's a holy, holy, holy God. And he can't stand evil. He can't stand sin. Well, if he can't stand sin, where did sin come from? Sin come from the rebellion of Lucifer by his pride and by his self-exaltation and by his willfully saying that he wanted to be like God, talk like God, walk like God, and do the things God did and take over God's throne, take control of the angels, take combs of cherubims and seraphims. He wanted everything. He wanted everything. And the only thing that got him in trouble was his beauty because he thought by his beauty, pride rose up, and by him being so beautiful, he thought he could really overthrow God through his beauty. You know why? Because he talked to one-third of the angelic beings, one-third of the angelic beings he talked to. And he took one-third of all the Madrid of angels that was in heaven, and he took billions of angels with him. Uh, innumerable can comprehend the numbers that he conned and got them to follow him. And when he found out that he thought he had enough to go before the throne of God Almighty, Lord have mercy, he went before God Almighty and told him face to face, I'm taking over. You got to come down off of your throne and give your power to me. Give me your attribute to me, and I'm going to overrule you, and I'm going to rule the heavens. I'm going to rule the earth. I'm going to rule every angel that will fall under my power. He tried it. He tried it. He tried it, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't overthrow the almighty God because, see, God is self-existent. God didn't make himself. He didn't create himself. He always, get this now, he always existed. 
He always existed. There is no beginning to him, and there is no end to him. He will last through eternity. Anything before him, too early. Anything after him, too late. And when Lucifer, when Lucifer was created, he figured that he had enough beauty. That's the only thing that got him in trouble, beauty. And that's what's getting the world in trouble right now. And God done made some beautiful things. Oh, he done made some beautiful things. Animals, oh, the mountains, the the, the, the moon, the stars, the birds, that all that he created, it was made beautiful. And when he created Lucifer, he made him the most gorgeous angel that ever existed. And there was a beginning to Lucifer. And since there's a beginning to Lucifer, there is an end to Lucifer. The end of his evil, evil, evil. He became evil because he couldn't get what he wanted. He became a rebel. He became a vagabond. He became a wicked, wicked cherubim fugitive. He's on the loose now. He's on the loose, and he's after mankind. He's trying to eliminate mankind. Why? Because God made man after his likeness and after his image, and Satan is so jealous and so mad and so envious that he wants to destroy, one thing he wants to destroy, the human race. The human race. He wants to eliminate. He wants God to get real mad and angry to eliminate the human race because of the wickedness that Satan has man doing. But see, God knows everything before he ever created, and he knew man was going to fall. He knew, he knew Lucifer was going to fall. He knew it. And by him knowing, I couldn't say that he could not stop it, but he didn't stop he, uh, Lucifer from making his own choice. And Lucifer had an eternal choice, an eternal choice. And the eternal choice was either he stayed under the jurisdiction and the, 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 the power of God and humble himself as anointed cherubim to protect God's throne and to be head of the musician of heavenly choir. He was the director of the heavenly choir. He was the one that gave praises. He know what praises is. He know where praises come from. Praises come from God. He's worthy to be praised. Why? Because he's God. God don't need us. God don't need me. I need God. God wants praises because he's worthy to be praised. He made everything. Without him, there's nothing made that he's made. He can heal. He can do anything but fail. And one thing, God is righteous in all his ways. Everything that God does is righteous and holy in all his works. So he can never do anything wrong. Satan made his big mistake by trying to overthrow 
the creator that made him. Check this out. The creator that existed before him, the creator that had no beginning, the creator that had no end, the creator that nothing is impossible for God to do. And Lucifer was so much in love with himself and his beauty that he was willing enough to give up his rightful place as being the protector of God's throne and being head of all the Madrid of angels that's in heaven, billions of angels, that Lucifer was the director of the heavenly choir to give praises to God Almighty. And guess what? He threw that away to try to sit on his throne. Wait a minute. Set on whose throne? Set on God's throne. Huh? Set on God's throne. Dethrone God. Now, people ain't thinking about that. Dethrone God. Satan wants to dethrone God, and he's been trying to do it for the last 6,000 years. He has tried to dethrone God. He has tried to destroy the human race completely out of existence a few times in the Bible, but the most greatest time that he tried to eliminate the human race and make a race like him, make a race in the likeness of Satan. Satan wanted wicked things. And so what he did, he wanted to make men and women after his likeness instead of God-likeness. And God-likeness is righteousness, love, mercy, goodness, long-suffering, forgiveness, reconciliation, redemption. Woo! That's God's plan. Satan's plan is kill, rob, and destroy. Kill, rob, and destroy. That's the only thing he can do. He tried to destroy God. He tried to destroy. He tried to eliminate it. Tried to eliminate Christ. <clears throat> he thought he could kill him and keep him in the grave. He thought that. He thought he could keep him in the grave. But Jesus already told the human race. <clears throat> and he's talking to them. I got power to lay down my life, and I got power to pick it up again. So what was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, I'm going to lay down my life for you. I'm going to let you kill me. I'm going to let you whip me. I'm going to let you spit on me. I'm going to let you kick me. I'm going to let you disfigure my whole body, my face. I'm going to let you nail me to the cross. I'm going to let you let me hang for six long hours. I'm going to let you put me in the grave. I'm going to stay in the grave for three days and three nights. I'm going to go to hell and preach to those in prison. And on the third day morning, I'm going to pick myself up out of the grave and glorify my body, my own body, through my own father. His own father is himself. Ooh. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, all three are one, co-equal, self-existent. Always will be in existence. He said, I got power to lay it down. I got power to pick it up. And when he came up out of the grave on the third day morning, you know what he done? I'm going to tell you what he done. He paid, he paid the total price for sin. 
He literally died for the sins of the world. He literally died for every human being up on the planet, up on this little planet compared to him. Up on this little planet compared to him, 7.8 billion people down through the hours of time, every person that was born, every person that was conceived and came out of their mother's womb was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And nobody was born righteous. Nobody, I'll say it again, nobody was ever born righteous but one man. One man was born righteous. One man was born perfect. One man was born as a son of God, Jesus Christ. God was never born. Amen. But he birthed his own son himself whoo, to become man. Uh-huh. Wrapped himself up in the human flesh. Who stayed in Mary's womb for nine months, and in the ninth month, Mary brought forth a son. And the angel Gabriel said, you shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit, received up into glory. He died. He stayed on this earth 33 and one-half years. He did what no other man could do or no other God could do. Nobody but the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and the God of our forefathers, the God of the Gentiles, the God of the liars. The, ooh, he's the God of every person on this planet, but it all depends upon the people who God they're going to accept. And the world today is not accepting the God of heaven. They're not accepting the God of heaven. I'm talking about the one that scattered the stars. I'm talking about the one that can clap his hand and lightning will come. I'm talking about the one that can uh, 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 spit out the seven seas. I'm talking about the one that can wave his hand and the sun will get embarrassed. I'm talking about the one that can speak to nothing and nothing would have to answer because nothing woo, to God is something when he puts it in his realm to bring something forth. Woo! And so this God that I'm talking about, has a number one enemy, old Slewfoot Lucifer. And I'm going to talk about Slewfoot Lucifer. I'm going to show you in the word of God where this Lucifer thing started from. I'm going to show you where he started. I'm going to let you know there's a devil in this world today, and he's killing, robbing, he is doing everything diabolically. He is the most wicked entity that he made himself out of because God didn't make him. He made himself like that. He had a choice to become like that. He refused to become subject to the Almighty, and he wanted to oversaw his authority. And guess what? He made a big failure. He failed. He failed, and he can't what? He cannot be redeemed. Woo, this is what I'm talking about. He cannot be redeemed. He cannot be brought back into the right relationship with God Almighty because he knew what he was doing. He wasn't in he wasn't in the state of innocence. He knew what he was doing. He knew that he wanted to be what? Like God and he can't be like God. You can't be like God and you and God made you. And Lucifer failed. 
And here is here's where it started, in the book of Isaiah. This is what Satan, Lucifer, said before he fell. Fourteenth chapter of what? Fourteenth chapter of Isaiah. Fourteenth chapter of Isaiah says, Hell, hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirred up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. All they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we are? Art thou become like unto us? The pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vows. The worms is spread underneath, under thee, and the worms cover thee. Listen, listen. Just talk about this about listen. Listen good. Twelve verse. Hell beneath is already moved. Why? Because in the twelfth verse, it says, "How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer?" Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said, this is what Lucifer said. This is what Lucifer said. While he was in his glory, this is what he said. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Listen, listen to this talking. I will sit up on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to what? Hell, to the sides of the pit. This is what Satan fears the most. It's an eternal fear. It's an awesome fear. It's a fear because he knows, he knows the alternative of his end. He knows he's going to end up in hell's fire. Jesus comes along and says in the New Testament, beheld Satan like lightning fall from heaven. And then he said, hell was prepared for who? For the devil. For the devil, for the devil, one more time, for the devil and his angels. For the devil and his angels. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. It was not in God's thought to prepare hell for mankind. It was not in his thought. He did not plan it that way. He planned hell for Lucifer. He planned a place where eternal fire will burn forever. He will prepare a place for the devil and his angels to suffer pain, cruciating pain, hot pain, pain beyond any Richter scale can measure. Pain before anybody take all, listen, 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 take all the pain, 
Take all the wars, all the killings, all the murders, all the rapes. Take everything that can cause pain from the beginning of Adam and Eve until the end of the millennium reign and put it all together. It will not equal the pain that Lucifer is going to suffer in hell forever. Lucifer is going to suffer in hell forever. And every demon, every Nephilim, every wicked entity that's not conceived in the image of God will burn in hell. Every wicked Nephilim and demons and devils and satires and half-breeds and cyborgs will suffer in hell's fire because the seed of Satan is not in the image of God and anything born in the image of Satan is doomed forever. The cross has no power to save these wicked entities that Satan then drew up, and he's still drawing them up. So, when man was put on the earth, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Not Sally and Sally Joe. There was no two women in the garden. No. There was a man and there was a woman. And the woman was made for man. And God said, multiply, replenish the earth. And everything that's born in that linkage of Adam and Eve, down through Seth, down through Methuselah, down through Enoch, down through Jared, all those seeds that were born up to what? Noah. Noah begot Shem, Ham, and Japheth, all the way down until the flood came. When the flood came, listen to me. When the flood came, what happened? Satan had a plan to corrupt the human race. He had a plan to corrupt the human race and make it after his likeness and after his image. In other words, he wanted to birth wickedness. He wanted something that was diabolical. He wanted something that made in the image of Satan. And what happened between the flood and what caused the flood was that Lucifer, Lucifer made a covenant, made a vow to the watchers. These watchers were called watchers because they were watching the human race. They was over the human race. They were looking out for the human race. And Lucifer made a vow to these angels called watchers. And he plotted in the book of Enoch. He plotted to use 200 angels that was watchers. Lucifer said, look, We've got to pollute 
the human race. We got to rip it apart. We got to make it evil. We got to have babies born that were evil. And if we can do that, we can shut down the true seed. We can shut down the true seed. What is the true seed? The true seed was since man had failed, since man had failed, since man had came so corrupt, God had a plan before the foundations of the world that he could redeem man if he falls. If man falls, God says, I can redeem them. I can redeem them. I can bring them back in the reconciliation. I can bring back by redemption. I can bring back by the blood atonement. I can bring them back to have an eternal relationship with me through my own being. God said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put a seed between woman's seed and Satan's seed, and Satan shall bruise his heel, but the seed shall bruise his head. What was he talking about? He was talking about, I'm going to send what? I'm going to send the great Messiah. I'm going to send the great emancipator. I'm going to send the great redeemer. I'm going to send the atonement for the sins of man myself. I'm going to do it myself. He said, I am my father one. I'm in the father, the father in me. He said, the works that I do is not I that does it, but the father that's in me. He said, no man can get to the father unless he come by me. He said, God was manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the spirit, received up in the glory. That's what God is getting ready to do. God took him 4,000 years for to do this, and he got here. When he got here, Satan said, no matter, no matter if he comes. Because when he comes, I'm going to make sure he is murdered. He is murdered. That he, I'm going to take him to the slaughterhouse. I'm going to beat him. I'm going to nail him. Oh, Satan knew what he's going to do. And God didn't back down. God didn't back down. He was kid old Lucifer. He always want to try to stop God. He's a fool for trying to stop God. He try, he's a fool trying to be like God. He's a fool talking about he's going to take over God's throne. He's a fool, and he's a fool today. And guess what? He's making fools out of people. Because people today, they have no regard of who God is. They don't realize who he is. Because before they got here, he was already here. And when they get ready to push up days and they plant them six feet under the ground, guess what? God is still going to be here. Some said he's dead. Some said he's in the same asylum. Some said he's a clown. Some said he ain't no good. They talk about God worse than they talk about anything else, a murderer, a liar, cheat. But let me tell you something. You can't hurt God. Only thing you do is make God sad for the fool that you want to believe that Satan can rule the world. And that's what he's trying to do. Satan wants to rule mankind. He wants to rule everything that God made. But God said, uh-uh, you ain't going to rule but a certain little extent. And guess what? Guess what Satan is ruling today? Satan got humanity in a mess. Satan got humanity in a mess. Why? Because you, the human race is in a fallen state. A human race is depraved. 
A human race was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We were born crooked. We were born wrong. We, we were born with a wicked, wicked attribute to rebel against God. And man is rebelling against God today because of Satan. Satan said, I want to destroy the human race and I want to make a race of my own. But he never would have a race. The only race he will have will be in hell. Every person that's born, whether they're born from the seed of the seed of Satan and whether they're born from the seed of the daughters of men, there's a hell that God made for the devil and his angels. And the world today is following Satan. 300 different kinds of religions today. 3,000 different kinds of religions today worldwide. Worldwide. 3,000 different kinds of religions. And some of these religions are denominations. All the religions in the world cannot Meet the qualification for God Almighty. All the religions of the world cannot meet the qualifications of God Almighty. These false religions and these denomination religions, there's one thing that they can do to go to hell. And that is the ultimate, the ultimate, the unique, the unique birth of Jesus Christ. These religions, these occults, if they reject, get me now, if they reject, listen, they reject the birth of Christ, if they reject the birth of Christ, and the birth of Christ is Jesus Christ, is God Almighty, if you deny that God became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld the good, if you deny his birth, if you deny his miracles, if you deny his suffering, if you deny his death, if you deny his resurrection, if you deny the whole attributes of who Jesus Christ is and what he did on the third day morning. He come up out of the grave because when they kill him, sin is what killed him. What sins? Our sins. Our lying. Our crazy self. Mankind is crazy. He's a lunatic. He's a vagabond. He's a fugitive. He's a wicked being, born and shaped in iniquity. A little baby is innocent. I know that. A little baby is innocent. Don't know nothing about sin. But God made a provision for that. When that baby's in the state of innocence, and when a person's in the state of innocence, the blood of Jesus Christ covers that sin of the Adamic nature that Adam 
brought into the world until that little child grows up to an adolescent and have a responsibility of knowing what sin is. That sin is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So when I'm saying God knows exactly what age it is for a child to become acknowledged of sin. God knows. And if God knows between, they say, 1 to 12 years old, you are not accountable for your sins. When you get 13, 14, 15, you become accountable. Paul said, Paul said, when I became to the age of accountability, I died. I died. I got you. He said the law showed me that I was dead. Why? Because the law said, thou shalt not. Thou shalt not cuss. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife or thy neighbor's oxen. Thou shalt not do it. When you come to the age of accountability and you say, and you know what thou shalt not mean, you're accountable for your sins. Thou shalt not kill. And the Bible said, if you hate somebody, you're a murderer already. And when people start when, the, when, 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 when people start talking about hating folks, hating folks, you got a problem there. You sin, and you need a redeemer. You need a redeemer. You need to be saved. You need to be sanctified. You need to accept the atonement that Jesus Christ made. So all along, we live in an age now where man is responsibility for his sin when he gets to the age of accountability. And like I say, I'm not no judge of who's go, who going to heaven or who ain't going to heaven. I'm not into that. But God knows. And if God knows, that's all I'm concerned about. So now, Satan wants everybody. He wants Abraham. He wants Isaac. He wants Jacob. He wants all the old patriarchs. He wants the, the born-again believer. He wants the tribulation saints. He wants all those that serve God to go to hell with. But when a man came, comes to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, Satan loses that soul. He no longer, he no longer have any power over that soul or that spirit of that man when he comes to acknowledge Jesus Christ. Can a Christian go to hell? No. A Christian, a born-again, baptized believer, saved, sanctified, serving the Lord, love the Lord, working for the Lord, give their hearts to Jesus Christ. And I don't care what kind of problems they have. They know, and you should know, and they should know if you have accepted Jesus Christ. The Bible says you know that you have passed from death to life. You know that you come out of death. You know that you come out of sin because you what? You love the brethren. You love the brethren. You love the brethren. If a man says he loves God and hate his brother, he is a liar and the truth is not in him. And you got people today 
in the church, church folks hating each other, talking about each other, lowering each other, calling each other, going to hell. You can't go. You haven't been born again. You, if you haven't been born again, you ain't going well. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how, 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 how kind and sweet you are. If you haven't been born again, you're going to end up in hell because you've got to be born again. In other words, washed in the blood of the Lamb. If you haven't been washed in the blood of the Lamb, repenting of your sin and got your eyes toward Jesus Christ, and you know you've been saved, you know you've been changed, you know you, you don't hate like you used to, you don't lie like you used to, you don't go to uh, 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 outside strip tees and, and, and doing all kind of dirty deeds and dirty work and then come up in the house of God talking about praise God, you can't serve two masters. Either you love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. You can't serve two masters. You need a hot or you need a cold. You're lukewarm. And Jesus said, if you half and half hypocrite, he said, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. So what Satan is doing in these last days? He's whoring up. He's whoring up all these so-called Christians, so-called born-again believers, so-called prosperity preachers, lying. One thing, they are not preaching. They are not preaching the cross. They are not preaching Jesus Christ is the only way. They say there's other ways. There ain't no but one way. The Bible says one way, one baptism, one faith, one God, one Father in all and in you all. So let me tell you something. If you think you can go to heaven any other way, through your works, through your good looks, through the money you got in your pocket, through, uh, through your mama, your daddy, you ain't going nowhere. You won't move from this earth because the rapture is going to take only those that have been filled with the Holy Ghost. And filled with the Holy Ghost don't mean you're flipping over and jumping up and down and running up and down the aisle and falling out, foaming at the mouth. That don't mean you got the Holy Ghost. The Bible says when you receive the Holy Ghost, you get a refreshing. You have a new walk. You have a new talk. You have a new attitude. You love the Lord. Every day you're loving the Lord. You want to work for the Lord. You want to show the Lord, amen, by your inner being that I love you, Lord, because you saved me from a raunchy sinner like me, raunchy. I smell everywhere I go, and I was looking good, but I had a smell on the inside. It ain't what the outside looked like. It's what the inside like. There's a lot of people that look good, but they stink on the inside. Woo! What Satan is trying to do from all time of eternity, he is so mad at God. He is so turned off about God that he would do anything to try to defeat God. And he has he done tried it over and over and over and over. He has tried to build kingdoms on this earth, and every one of them failed. He has tried to and he has tried to impregnated wicked beings into existence through the Nephilim and the watchers. He has tried to pollute the seed of man to stop from Jesus Christ being born. He wanted to stop from Christ from coming to this earth because when Christ came to this earth, he knew he was done. He was done. Oh, yeah, he had, he had the people in confusion. He had the Jews in confusion. He had every human being in confusion. But Jesus Christ came anyway. And when he came, he said, I didn't come to do my will. 
I come to do the will of my Father. And when God said, I'm going to do my will, God's going to get his will done. And his will was that he be born of a virgin Mary. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And Mary come from the righteous seed. She come from the seed of Seth on down to 42 generations. And God needed a body to use. And that body, Mary had it. And God spurned the Holy Ghost himself into Mary's womb. You hear what I said? God spurned the Holy Ghost into Mary's womb and stayed there. What? 42? 40. No, he stayed there nine months, stayed in Mary's womb. And when the nine months was up, Mary brought forth the Son of God. God! Almighty in the flesh, land in the manger, born a baby, raised adolescent, raised a teenager, raised an adult, stayed on the earth, God Almighty, listen to it, God Almighty on earth, a carpenter's son, stayed on earth for 33 and one half years, walked the shores of Galilee. And everything he did was perfect, talk perfect, walk perfect. He's God Almighty. He never missed a step. He never said anything wrong. He was right all the time. And he's right now. He'll be right through eternity. The devil can't take it. The devil tried to get him on the three temptations. If you be the son of God, cast these stones to bread. Try to get Jesus Christ to cast the stones in the bread so he could eat. But Jesus told him, man, look over here. Man cannot live by bread alone. He can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Took him up there a little higher. Jump down. At least you hit your feet against a stone and the angels will bear thee up. Jesus said, thou shalt not tip the Lord thy God. Took him up a little higher on top of the pinnacle. They say, look at here, son of God. You call yourself Jesus. I'll tell you what I'll do. If you will fall down on your hands and knees and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Well, in the first place, all the kings of the world belong to God anyway. You just built them. What kingdom was Satan going to give him? He couldn't give him the Egyptian kingdom because the Egyptians were gone. He couldn't give him the Assyrian kingdom. The Assyrian kingdom was gone. He couldn't give him the Babylonians. He couldn't give him the Median Persians. He couldn't give him the Grecian Empire. And the Grecian, the Grecian Empire is just about to fail just when Jesus Christ and the Roman Empire came. And when the Roman Empire came, it was a flamboyant. It was no good. It was rotten. It was, it was sinful. It was wicked. And Jesus looked at Lucifer and said, listen, man, listen, Turkey. Thou shalt worship the Lord God and him only. Thou shalt serve. 
Any human being today, any human being today is serving other gods, hell will be your home. There's no other God to serve. There's no other God to bow down. There's no other God to hold up your holy hand but the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which he is God. So when you call on the name of Jesus Christ, you call on God's name because his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the great I am, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the one that was before anything and anything that that was not last. He was last outlasted. And so now the world today is bowing down to everything but the name of Jesus Christ. And those that have not confessed their sin and believe with their heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the power of God, if you leave this planet, if you leave this earth, guess what? And you die without accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and give your heart to him, you're going to die without Jesus Christ. And anything that dies without Jesus Christ as a as a human being, will be lost forever. And the only place that you can go that's called hell forever. Why? You're going to have to pay for your own sins. Anybody out there like to pay for their sins today? And if you, if you said yes, you couldn't anyway. Because sin has no resurrection power. Sin has no Love, sin has no righteousness. Sin don't have nothing but wickedness. And wickedness has no power to bring anything good. Only God can bring anything out of nothing. So Satan now is on his last road. He's on his last step. 6,000 years he's been rampaging this earth. 6,000 years he's been rampaging this earth. He's been ripping it apart. We're living in the last days, the last days, the last days. We've got so much going on that the newsman cannot cover it all. we got so much going on today that the fear of this present age People can't bear it. People can't take it. They don't know what they're going to do. They don't know how we're going to get out of this. They don't know how we're going to escape the wrath of God. The only way you can escape the wrath of God Almighty is through his Son. Whoever believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Whoever believeth not shall be damned. The Bible said, what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What will you give the chain for your soul? And the world today is what? Soul selling. Soul selling. If the devil try to sell, try to buy Jesus, Jesus by offering him his kingdom, who you think you are? He's offering people today to sell their soul. And he said, I'll give you all the money in the world. I'll give you all the prestige in the world. I'll give you cars. I'll give you women. I'll give you uh, drugs. I'll give you, woo, I'll give you land. I'll give you whatever you desire to have. And people are selling their souls. And starting the cross, they're selling their souls. 
They're selling the souls, and when you sell your soul, I didn't say you couldn't come out and be born again, but I say when you sell your soul, you get deep in it, real deep in it, it's a very difficult thing, amen, to come out of it. Because you're in prosperity, you're in, you in the Disney land, you're in the land of pleasure, you're in the land of good times, you're in the land of all that your fleshly desires, and you don't want to turn from your wicked doing and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and receive eternal life and go to heaven. I ain't thinking about heaven. I don't want heaven now. I got my heaven now. There ain't no pie in the sky. Well, I, 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 there is no pie in the sky. I ain't seen no pie in the sky. Amen. Praise God. Guess what? The pie came down here. Who? Jesus Christ came down here. He came down here and what? Suffered for me. Died for me. Cried for me. Prayed for me. Hung for me. Ridiculed for me. Spit upon for me. I was there. When I was born, I was there. I'm guilty. When I was born, hell was waiting for me. But Jesus Christ came down and saved me, saved my soul. Only got one. Only can be saved once. One time I can be saved. One time I can be born physical. Physical birth. I can't be born physical birth again. No, I can't be born again. I can't be born physical birth again. I was born once physical. And Jesus Christ said, you must be born again. Again, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, how can I be born again when I'm old? Can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus said, nay. No, no, no. What's born of flesh is flesh. What's born of spirit is spirit. Ye must, M-U-S-T, got to be. Have to be certified, glorified, sanctified, edified. You've got to be born again. You've got to be born not of water, but of the spirit. When a baby is born, it's born of water and born physically. A baby cannot stay in the mother's womb unless it's floating in a water bag. Water bag. That water bag sustained him to live in his mother's womb for what? Nine months. When the water breaks, that baby has to come out, born to water and born flesh. But now, this new birth, he must be born again, meaning you must be Washed and be born again in the spirit, God's spirit, sanctified spirit, powerful spirit, the spirit of love, the spirit of mercy, the spirit of pureness, edification, the spirit of exaltation, the name of Jesus Christ, that spirit, the spirit of long-lasting love, love beyond degree, love your enemies, love those that despitefully use you, love the unlovely, love the lovely, love God, love, love God. And if you love him, you're going to obey him. So when Jesus said, ye must be born again, he meant that. He meant that to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus was a rabbi. 
So I don't care how old office you have in church. I don't care how many seminar schools you don't went to. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how famous your family is supposed to be. I don't care how great a movie star you are. I don't care how great a football or basketball star. You must be born again. You have to be born again. And confess Jesus with your mouth. And believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. And Satan don't like the word salvation. He don't like the word cross. He don't like the word redemption. He don't like the word sanctify. He don't like the word edify. He don't like the word justify. Why? He don't like the word mercy and forgiveness. He don't like that. He wants to damn your soul into eternal fire. And you can't blame God if you go to hell. You can't blame the church if you go to hell. You can't blame your mama, your daddy, your sister. You can't blame your status quo, whether you're poor, rich, ugly, or pretty. can't blame that. No, 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 that ain't going to work. The only one you can blame is yourself. can't blame the friends. Oh, my friend told me to do this. My friend told me that. No, no. Can't blame him. Can't you see the devil in your friends? The devil in your friends can keep you from really accepting Jesus Christ. That's why you should get away from people who say there ain't no God. I don't believe that Jesus Christ came uh, 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 down here. I don't believe he died. I don't believe he got You got to get away from people like that. Because I'll tell you one thing, they'll put you in hell. And when you get to hell, you won't be saying, oh, man, I'm going to get you. Uh-uh, you already been had. You already been had. You don't want to go to hell. My friend, I'm going through this because I want you to know, without salvation in Jesus Christ, and make no difference what church you go to or what preacher you're listening to, if you don't get into the word of God, it's going to be nobody's fault but yours. Because the Bible's already been written, certified, justified, edified, and read over the year, thousands of years. It took 1,500 years for the Bible to be complete. And it's been on this earth for a long time. And people have denied it. People have burned it, tried to burn it. Some have tried to drown it. Some deny it. Some agnosticism. Some atheism. Some half and half. Some got their own little gods calling it the true God. It is not the true God. If the name of Jesus don't come up in, then he died and rose again, and he's coming back to get what? He's coming back to get a blameless church, a sanctified church, a church that's been washed in the blood of the land, not just the Baptist, not just the Presbyterian, because really the name ain't going nowhere. Baptist didn't die for me, uh, uh, Catholic didn't die for me, a cult didn't die for me, no Buddhism didn't die for me, a Farrakhan didn't die for me, a Baptist didn't die for me, none of those denominations or cult religions or so or whatever didn't die for me. Jesus Christ said there's only one way, his way. In the book of Ephesians, let's see what it says. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord Beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation, wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavor to keep the unity 
of the spirit in the bond of peace. There was one body and one spirit, even as ye are called, in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and the Father of all, who is above all and to all and in you all. But unto every one of us, it is given the grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Listen, you hear what I said? There's one faith. One faith. There ain't a whole lot of faith up on earth. There's only one faith. What did the Bible say our faith come from? Hebrews 12. Wherefore, seeing we also come past about with so great a crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which though easy to beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking, wait now, looking, where? Unto who? Jesus, the author and finisher of what? Our faith. You don't see faith in there. Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down, what? At the right hand of the throne of God. So how many faiths we have? One faith. Who is the author finish of our faith? The Lord Jesus Christ. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. How can you attain faith? By the word of God. How can it be preached? By a preacher. If God don't send the preacher, you cannot attain faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How can you hear the word of God? Preacher, preach the word. What? Don't preach prosperity. Don't preach how much you got. Don't preach how big you are. Don't preach all you bragging on you. Preach Christ. Jesus Christ is the only way that a man can get to God. Jesus Christ is the only one that died and rose and came back again. Jesus Christ is the only one that's able to... Woo! Heal the sick and raise the dead, cast out devils in it. Jesus Christ is the only one that went back to heaven, been gone for 2,000 years. Jesus Christ is the only one sitting on the right hand side of the Father right now. Jesus Christ is the only one that's coming back to get to what? Church in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ shall rise, and we that remain alive shall be called to meet the Lord in air. Jesus Christ, not the Baptist, not the Presbyterian, not the Catholic, not the Nazarene, not the Pentecost, Holy Baptized, Field Baptized. Who knows? Jesus Christ, God's Son, God himself in the flesh. When he comes back, he's coming back in power and in great glory. And how soon he's coming back? Very soon. Very soon, sooner than you think he is. Good God Almighty. Can't you see what's going over in Israel? What's going over there in the Holy Land? Jerusalem is getting ready. The Jews are getting ready. They're getting ready the temple. Don't you know the temple is in preparation to be rebuilt? And don't you know the Antichrist cannot sit in the temple until the temple is built? Don't you know the Antichrist is alive today, walking on this earth? And a lot of people say, well, where is it? Is he hiding? No, he ain't hiding. He's right in us. If you would read your Bible, it would tell you exactly what part of the country he's coming from, how long he will last, and what's, that, what's his characteristic and everything. It's all in the Bible. But you've got to read the Bible. I don't know how to read the Bible. Well, you need to read the Bible because there ain't going to be any excuses when you stand before God. God said, I gave you the word. I wrote a 66-book love book to you. 
I, I read it by holy men that they were moved by the Holy Ghost and gave it to y'all down there, and y'all didn't read it. You didn't study it. You didn't pray over the scriptures. You didn't, you didn't have no idea what was going on because you didn't read it. You weren't interested. And Pastor Paul said there's a time coming when preaching of the cross to those that are going to perish is foolishness. And if you're preaching the cross today, if you're exalting the cross of Jesus Christ, of his birth, death, and resurrection, people say, that's foolish. That's a waste of time. I ain't got time to hear that. I ain't got time for some man to come down here and be whipped and killed for me. I ain't going to accept it. That's all right. If you don't accept it, you're going to wish you had. Because let me tell you, all those that do not know Jesus, not head knowledge, not book knowledge, but heartfelt experience of the power of the Holy Ghost through his shed blood on Calvary's cross. If you don't have that in your heart, in your mind, and in your soul, when the trumps blow, you're going to be left here. You're going to be left here on this earth, and you're going to have to face that great seven-year tribulation, seven years of judgment is going to come up on this earth. Seven years, three and a half years, the first part, and three and a half period, last part. And Jesus Christ said, I'm going to come when the Jews are back in the land. I'm going to come when the temple is built. I'm going to come in a time that men don't think I'm coming. And Jesus said, there's one coming before I am called the Antichrist. The Antichrist is coming before Jesus Christ. And the Antichrist can't come until Jesus Christ raptures the body. And when the body's raptured up, we're going up to the beamer seat of judgment. The born-again believer is going to have to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. And during that period of seven years in heaven, there's going to be a seven-year tribulation here on earth. And the Antichrist is going to be the ruler, and the world is going to accept him. The Jews are going to be the first one to accept him. And when the Jews accept that he's the Antichrist, the Gentile nation is going to jump on board and believe it. And God is going to show the Jews that you still haven't got it right. You still haven't got it right. This man that's coming is not the Antichrist. Jesus told the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Sanhedrin court, if a man, if a man come in his own name and say he's Messiah, y'all will believe it. But I come in my father's name, and y'all won't believe it. And when Jesus Christ raptured the church, the Antichrist will already be on this earth because he's ready to get on board right now. The only thing that's holding him back is the rapture of the church. Because with the rapture, with the church being here, amen, the Antichrist will be revealed so quickly that people will say, oh, I don't believe it. So Jesus Christ is going to remove the church. Antichrist is going to come. The world is going to be in such a catastrophe and such in a mess that they're going to accept anything that sounds good, and they're going to listen to this man, and this man is going to have the Jews believe it, that he is actually Jesus Christ until the middle of the tribulation period, and he's going to turn on the whole world. He's going to turn on the Jewish nation, and he's going to try to eliminate the Jewish nation because Jesus Christ said there's a time coming when the Jews are going to suffer great persecution called Jacob's trouble. Look her here, look her here, look her here, look her here. Jacob's trouble. Jacob's trouble is found in Jeremiah. Jacob's trouble. Let's stop at Jacob's trouble and see what... See what Isaiah has to say about Jacob's trouble. In the 30th chapter, 
of Jeremiah. Listen to what it said. 30 and 6. As ye know and see whether a man does travel to bail with, with child. Wherefore, do I see every man with his hands in his loins as a woman in travail? And all faces are turned to paleness? At last, at last, at last, that day is great so that none is like it. It is even a time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. Where is Jacob's trouble found in the book of Revelation? Jacob's trouble is found in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. Twelfth chapter in the book of Revelation, we see the time of Jacob's trouble. And let's see what goes on in the twelfth chapter of Revelation. Jacob's trouble is right here in twelfth chapter, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And up on her head, a crown of 12 stars. The sun represents Jacob. The, 12, the sun represents Jacob, and the moon represents Rebekah. And the 12 stars represent the 12 tribes of Israel, but they're stars, not angels. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. When Jesus Christ was born, Israel went through a great persecution called slaying of the babies. Heroes killed all the firstborn. She was travailing, travailing with birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns up on her head. The great wonder in heaven is a red dragon with seven heads. The seven heads represent the seven world empires. The ten horns represent the European common market NATO. That's what they represent. And the seven crowns represent the seven rule powers that have ruled down through the annals of time. What is that? Egypt. The Syrian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, and the Roman Empire. And listen, and his tail drew what? One-third of the stars of heaven. You remember that time I told you about the devil being cast down? He cast down, and when he's cast down, he takes one-third of heaven? Well, he's the one-third. The one-third represents the one-third of stars. And did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered, but to devour her child as soon as it was born. That was done That was done the time that Jesus Christ was born. And then it's going to be done again at the end of time when Israel will be in such a catastrophe that the devil is going to try to wipe out the whole Jewish race. And he says this, the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to bar her 
child as soon as it was born. When Jesus was born, when Jesus was born, guess what? Lucifer went out and killed all the babies under two years old. It's going to be a repeat. She brought forth a man-child, Jesus Christ, the man-child who was to what? Rule all nations with a rod of iron. Well, who is that? Jesus Christ is going to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God to his throne. Jesus Christ ascended up to the throne after the resurrection. So he's sitting on the right hand side of the father right now. And the woman, this this, this is the time of Jacob's trouble. And the woman fled into the wilderness where, where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. That is one thousand two hundred and sixty days which equals three and one-half years, which equals the last part of the three and one-half years of the tribulation period in which Israel will go through a great persecution, and God is going to send, I believe, and the way I've been studying and going into the depths of, 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 of finding out where is this place all, it's called Petra, and it's a place in Edom. Amen. Israel is going to go there, and God is going to keep them 1,260 days until what? Until the three and one half years over, which is called the time of Jacob's trouble, and he's going to bring them back to Jerusalem, into Israel, and they are going to witness the return of Jesus Christ on the top of the Mount of Olives. And when he stands on the top of Mount of Olives at the end of the tribulation period, Jesus Christ is going to hold up his hand, and when the Jewish nations, those that came from Petra, they're going to look up, and they're going to see the nail prince in his hand, in his hand, in his hand. And they're going to ask him, where did you get your wound? So they must be going to see what? They're going to see the wounded side. They're going to see his wounded feet. They're going to see the crown of thorns where the pierces forehead. They're going to see everything that they've done to him. And when they see him, they're going to cry out me and ask him, where did you get your wounds from? And the Lord Jesus Christ. God Almighty in the flesh is going to roar from Zion and say, from the household of my friends. And the Jewish eyes will be opened and the scales will fall from their eyes during the end of the time of the tribulation period. And they're going to mourn for 30 days. They're going to mourn. They're going to cry. And they say, this is our Messiah. And guess what? A remnant of Israel shall be saved. Two-thirds will be cut off, but a third will be brought through by God Almighty, and Israel shall be saved. That means a remnant, a small remnant, compared to the those that rejected Jesus Christ. And those, those, those Jews that was in the remnant are going to go into the millennium reign, and they are going to multiply and repopulate the earth, and Israel will become the head of all nations. You hear what I said? Israel becomes the head of all nations. In other words, the Gentiles 
are going to learn from the Jewish people because God chose them to be the nation that shows the whole round world and every, pop, every, every person that the God of heaven is the God of Abraham and the God of eternity. He's the God that became flesh, suffered and died on Calvary's cross. And guess what? He came back from the grave with all power in heaven and earth in his hand. The time of Jacob's trouble time of Jacob's trouble goes back to the book of Genesis where Esau and Jacob had a quarrel. And Esau was mad at Jacob that he wanted to wipe out his whole family. And when Esau found where Jacob was, Jacob knew Esau was trailing in behind him and Jacob didn't know what he was going to do. So the night before Esau found him, the angel of the Lord came down. And guess what? Jacob caught a hold of the angel of the Lord, which was the Lord Jesus Christ before he became incarnated. And he wrestled with the Lord God Almighty all night long until the day to break of dawn. And he held on to the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord said, let me go, let me go. And he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. They aroused until the sun was getting ready to come up, and the Lord God hit Jacob in the hollow of his thigh and gave him a limp. And Jacob had to let him go, but Jacob got his blessing. He got his blessing because when Esau saw him get ready to kill him, they met each other, and they embraced each other, and they wept on each other's shoulder, and they told him, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. And Jacob was blessed by Esau because Esau gave him camels and mules and everything and said, go, brother. We already got his settled. And Esau, listen to what I'm saying. Esau is a descendant of the Spanish people. Esau and Jacob were brothers, twin brothers. And Jacob stole all that Esau had. And Jacob was in danger of Esau killing him. That's what you call time of Jacob's trouble. And the time of Jacob's trouble is coming up again. But it's going to be all the nations of the world is going to come against the Jewish people. And God calls this time of Jacob's trouble. It's coming, my friends. It's coming. And it's coming quickly. We no longer have too much time left because this is a year like no other years in human history. No other years of 20, of 2,000 years of church history. There's no other year like the year 2023. This is the year that everything is already set up for the building of the temple, for the red helpers, for the, for, 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 for the priesthood, for the sacrifice of the animals. The Antichrist is alive, 55 years old. 
He'll be 56. January the 30th, 2024. And the world today is looking for a leader, looking for a leader, looking for a world leader. We want a world leader. We want a world leader. We don't care who he is, whether it be God or be the devil. We want a leader, and that's what they're going to get. They're going to get the devil. The Antichrist will come within two weeks after the rapture of the church. The Antichrist will come, and he will tell the Jewish people, build your temple. I will support you and give you a seven-year covenant that I will protect you. And the Jews are going to grab it like a fish grabbing a hook line. And the world is going to say, yes, this is what we've been waiting for for thousands and thousands of years. Somebody is going to bring peace finally. But it's a big, big, big Lie. And a lot of people say, will the church be here when the Antichrist arrive and be revealed to the world? Well, let me tell you, the church will not and cannot be here when the Antichrist arrive. The only one going to be here on earth to reprove the Antichrist is the 144,000 and the two witnesses. They will arrive about the same time the Antichrist comes because when the 144,000 come, they are going to be the ministers, they are going to be the evangelists around the world to preach the gospel for 1,260 days, three and one-half years to Jews Male Jews will preach to God. They will not preach no financial blessing. They ain't going to be preaching no picnic. They ain't going to be preaching no big parties. They are going to be preaching that Jesus Christ is coming back to do what? Set up the millennial kingdom. It will be called the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of grace will be done. The church will be in heaven, guaranteed. I know what I'm talking about. It's in the word of God. The church will be in heaven. What are we going to be doing when we get to heaven? We are going to be judged by Jesus Christ for our works that we have done down here as a born-again believer, baptized believer what we have done down here while we were here on this earth for the years that we spent. Every born-again believer will be judged for their works and not for their salvation. Their salvation has already been acquired when they accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior when they was here on earth, and now they are going to be judged for their works. It would take approximately seven years because at the end of the 70 years, Christ will come back with the church. Christ will come back with the church.
not the Baptist church, not the Presbyterian church, not the church of the Nazarene, no church of distinct denomination or name will be ever mentioned again. The Bible calls the church in Revelation. This is what the church is in Revelation 19 and 11. They call them the armies, the saints, the armies. There will be armies coming from heaven, which are the saints. A saint is a born-again believer that has been brought out of sin. That's a saint that have put their trust in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That's a saint that have been washed in the blood and sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And every born-again believer at the judgment seat of Christ, every born-again believer at the seat of Jesus Christ will receive their rewards at the judgment seat, Bema. Whether it be good or whether it be bad, they will be given their rewards. Those that done good will receive gold, silver, or brass. Those that done works of the flesh will receive wood, hay, and stubble. In other words, no reward. The only reward that they will have is reward called the crown of life. When a saint, when a sinner accepts Jesus Christ, becomes saint, they have one reward, and that's eternal life. But those that accept Jesus Christ and did field work, missionary work, evangelistic work, preaching the gospel to every creature, being a witness for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, healing the sick, not 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 us, but healing the sick and raising the dead, and casting out devils through Jesus' name. And they've done their works through the Spirit, not through their own ego, a familiar spirit. They've done it through the Spirit of God, through Jesus Christ. They will get gold, silver, and brass. As we get ready to come back to the earth, we will meet the Old Testament saints. We will go to the supper and the marriage of the Lamb. And there will be millions of tables and plates and be food and we'll be eating and we'll be dining. Get ready and prepare to go back to earth and come back to earth with Jesus Christ. We will will mount up on white horses. We will mount up on white horses, and Jesus Christ will be the lead horse. And we will see what Jesus Christ looked like when he comes back in the 19th chapter of Revelation, 11 verse. This is the conclusion of the end of the tribulation period, which will be seven years. 
This is the church coming back with Jesus Christ. This is what he's going to look like. This is what we're going to see. This is what we're going to witness. This is what people been laughing at, joking about, uh, got their heads all, put, all up in the air. They ain't thinking it's going to happen. But it's going to happen because it says it in the 19th chapter of the 11th verse. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that set upon him is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eye was flame of fire, on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed in a white vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies, that's the church right there, right? There it is. There it is, the armies, a massive army, an army the world has never witnessed which were in heaven, followed him. So we're going to follow Jesus Christ up on white horses, clothed in what? Fine linen, white and clean. Good God Almighty. Woo! And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he's treaded the winepress of his fierceness, and the wrath of the Almighty. This is judgment coming down, meeting the armies of Armageddon. We're getting ready to fight a battle of battles. We're getting ready to get rid of all the wickedness and all the calamity and all of the debauchery and all of the killing and all of the murder and all of the of the sin that God hates, he's going to wipe them out. The wicked shall be wiped out with a sharp two-edged tool coming out of his mouth. And the saints of God will be judging the world with Jesus Christ. Oh, look right here, look right here. The saints of God are going to judge the world with Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's my savior. He's my love life. He's my brother. He's my sister. He's my all in all. He's he's the one that redeemed my soul from sin forever. He's the one that took the nails when I should have. He's the one that took the pure side instead of me. He's the one that took the beating beyond recognition. It should have been me, but he said, you can't do it. You can't do it, Bizarre. I don't care how high you try. You got to let me do it. And I give him my all, my all in all. And when I come back with it, I'm going to have a new body. I'm going to have a, a, a brand new body. I'm going to be riding a white stallion. And I'm going to let the breeze hit me in my face and my long gown that I have on. I'm going to say, ride, ride on. I'm riding with Jesus. What you going to do? Are you going to be left here and face this great Antichrist? This Antichrist is alive now. He's coming from the country of Spain. Spain. And Israel are brothers. The Spanish Inquisition, the Spanish people 
of the people that persecuted the Jews in 1492, and they wiped. They told them to get out the country if you don't turn to Catholicism. They put them in iron maidens. They boiled them. They stripped them down. Spanish did, and the Spanish left. These Spanish people know something. They know that Israel is their brother from ancestry, and that they come from Esau. That's where you get your Jacob trouble. He's in Spain. He's the king of Spain. His name is King Felipe. He's six foot six. He's got six letters in his name. He's been the king of Spain since 2014. He's still the king of Spain. Israel and Spain are locked in together because Juan Carlos was anointed by the chief rabbi in in Jerusalem in 1975 when Juan Carlos took control of Spain and he reigned from 1975 till 2014. And his son was given the throne by his father and King Felipe now is the king of Spain and he is the Antichrist. There's nowhere else on the planet that the Bible gives me the direction and the area in which the Antichrist is going to arrive. Daniel told me, woo, the Spirit of God told me, that he's coming out of Western Europe and he's coming out the 11th nation that, that joined NATO in 1986. The ten European combination represent the ten toes, the ten horns, the ten crowns, and the ten kings. And then after that, Daniel, 2,600 years ago, saw another little horn that come up from amongst the other ten horns. And the other ten horns was already in power, but when the eleventh horn came, it said this horn was different from all other horns. This horn had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things against the Most High. And Spain was the only country that was qualified to be the eleventh horn. And out of the eleventh horn came Juan Carlos, and his father, his son, King Felipe, took charge of the throne since 2014, and now he's ready to be revealed to the world. But man today, the Bible says the wicked will not be able to understand. And that's why people are blind today, because they're living in wickedness, and God only reveals to those that are living righteous. So those that don't know Jesus Christ, those that are not seeking the Lord and see what's going on, they won't understand. But the righteous will. Where are you today? Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you, time is up. We still got to deal with September and October yet. We still got to deal with three so far blowings that has not been fulfilled for the last 2,600 years. The only ones that have been fulfilled is the Feast of Passover. The Feast of Unleavened Bread. 
the feast of first fruits, the feast of Pentecost. These are Jewish feast days. These are feast days that the Lord told the Jewish people to keep through the generations. And the Jews have kept them as far as the time that they was in Babylon. But they restored them. They revived them. They reconditioned them and brought it in when they became a nation in 1948. From 48 to 2023, they have kept and, and they are very strict and very timely on these feast days. Four of them has already been fulfilled, and three of them has not been fulfilled. And the next three that to be fulfilled is September and October and the latter part, the first part of November. And that is Feast of Trumpets, which is Rosh Hashanah, Feast Blowing, the Day of Repentance, the Day of Renewal, the Day of Awe, the Day of Judgment, the voice of God will blow trumpets, and the Jews will blow trumpets. And when these trumpets synchronize with the trumpets that God's going to blow, there's going to be a great removing of the body of Christ from the planet in the twinkling of an eye. And then you got the Feast of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur means the second coming of Jesus Christ when he comes to earth. That would happen seven years later at the end of the tribulation period. And then you've got the Feast of Tabernacle, which will be represented by the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. When Christ comes back, judgment of the nation, judgment of Israel, He's going to open up the door for the kingdom of God called the millennium reign, where Christ will rule and reign, rule and reign, rule and reign on this earth for 1,000 literally years. And those that came through the tribulation that are saved will enter into the millennium reign and repopulate the earth one more time for 1,000 years. And the age will be prolonged. Men will live again for 300, 400, 500, 600, 700, 800, 900, 1,000 years. Christ will rule in Jerusalem. And people will be born in the natural birth. And those that see Jesus, they'll talk to Jesus. They'll see the male. They'll do all that. They have all the aspects of knowing that this Christ that died on Calvary's cross, that this Christ is God's son, that this Christ is God Almighty, they are still going to be stubborn after Satan is released one more time and he's going to do his last rebellion. And his last rebellion is called similar to the battle of Gog and Magog and the first battle that's going to happen in the first part of the tribulation. And after Satan is destroyed, after the millennium reign, fire is going to come down out of heaven and burn up the wicked that comes against Jerusalem at the end of the millennium reign. And after that, and after that, and after that, the final, the ultimate 
the zenith, the final resurrection, the great resurrection, the greatest of the greatest. All the wicked dead, all the wicked Hollywood movie stars, wicked football players, all the wicked businessmen, all the chief captains, all the wicked that were poor, all the wicked that were rich, black and white, all nations, all armies will stand at the great white throne. This is what it looks like. What the Bible says at the great white throne. The twentieth chapter of Revelation, this is literally, this is this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Listen to what it says. Twentieth chapter eleven verse. And I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it, whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was no, there was no, there was found no place for them. This verse said that all the wicked day will be suspended in the universe. I could say in the middle of the universe, if possibly, in the whole universe, and spread it out over the universe like a curtain. All the wicked did, all the abominable. Oh, my God, my God. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead was judged out of those things which was written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell were delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Death and hell Death and hell was cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast, not driven, but cast into the lake of fire. This is the conclusion and the wipeout of all wickedness will be consumed and turned into hell's fire and will burn forever. Every human being that rejected the plan of salvation cast into the lake of fire. 
You won't hear this in too many churches. You won't hear this maybe not in your church. I don't know what preachers are preaching, but they ain't preaching this word right here. They ain't preaching saved Jesus crucified. They ain't preaching his love. They ain't preaching his mercy, his forgiveness. They're preaching watered-down, backyard, money-making scheme to make some money to please the people. But I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to pat you on the back. I'm not here to say, well, uh, I'm going to give you a little leeway. No, I'm not going to give you no leeway. The leeway I'm going to give you, I want to lead you to the cross. I want to lead you to the cross because that's the crossroad of your life. If you miss the cross, you ain't going to have no life but torment. You're going to regret that you was born. You will regret that you you didn't save. You're going to regret that, 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 that you didn't have the sense enough to know now is the time. This is the day of salvation. The day you hear the voice of the Son of God harden not your heart. You need Christ in your life. The tribulation period is almost here. The rapture is right at the front door. It's going to be a great snatch. The quickness of it is going to be so powerful. And the sofars, the Jews are going to blow sofars. And these sofars, if they lock up with the sofars of heaven, we out of here. And I know, we don't know what hour, we don't know what day, we don't know what minute, no second. But remember this. Remember this in your memoir. This is trumpet month. September's coming up. Trumpet months. So far months. The trumpet means repentance, judgment. The trumpet is mentioned in the Bible 118 times. First trumpet was blown, was blown in Exodus. And ever since Exodus, God has set up seven feast days, and the last seven feast days has to do with trumpets. It's a day of harvest. It's a day of ingathering. It's a day that Christ yearns to rapture the church so we can meet him in the clouds, and so shall we be with the Lord forever. And the Bible tells me, comfort one another with these words. Comfort, go for it. Talk about it. Be zealous about it. Oh, yes, Lord. I'll be glad when the Lord comes. I'll be glad to see him. I'll be wonderful. I'll be overjoyed. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. I thank you for keeping me to let me see you come and get to church and live with you forever. Oh, thank you, Lord God Almighty. I'm crazy about you. I don't lost my mind over you. I don't know nobody else but you because you are the one that gave me the opportunity to preach this gospel for 58 years. This is what I've been carrying in my heart. This is what I love. This is what I live for. Somebody else needs to know this. Jesus loves you. Yes, I know. For the Bible tells me so. Why don't you come to him now? Pastor Paul said, if you confess with your mouth, I don't care what you are, where you've been, a drug addict or homosexual or lesbianism or whatever, I'm, I'm not, I, I love you, but I don't love that lifestyle you live in. God don't love it. God can't take it. God can't deal with that in heaven. He can't deal with that. That's why he wants you to be saved from your sins. 
And when you're saved from your sins, God will turn you around and make you a man if you're trying to be a woman. And make you a woman when you try to be a man. He'll change you because that's the kind of power the blood has. That's what Jesus died for. And if he died for it, he can save you from it through his blood. This is Elder G. Bazaar. I want to thank you for your listening. I want to thank you for your love. I want to thank you for your prayers. You continue to pray for me. I continue on until the Lord says, that's it. Well, God bless you. God smile on you. I do have 10 minutes left. I do want to let you know, please get ready. I want to read this year out of the book of Romans. The book of Romans 10 and 9 says, If thou confess, if thou confess with thy mouth, with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe, believe, believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Don't wait too late. And you say, well, when is too late? It's too late when you cease to be. It's too late when you lay you in the morgue. It's too late when they put you in that coffin and close the lid. It's too late when they drop you down on the ground at six feet. It's too late when they take that dirt and cover you up. Too late. Don't wait too late. Receive Christ today. And if you see Christ today, you won't regret one minute of it. You won't be sorry. You'll be glad to know that you can have eternal life just by confessing with your mouth and believing with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He's coming back. He's coming back to get a church from around the world. Every continent will feel the impact of the rapture. Every hamlet, every city, every town will feel the impact when Christ removes the church in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ shall rise and we that remain alive will be gone. And there will be a seven-year tribulation on this earth where the devil will take over for seven years. Don't be caught with your soul lost. Come to Jesus now, and he will save you. Lord, you can say this, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I'm sorry for being a sinner. I'm sorry for sinning against you. I'm sorry for the way I'm living. I'm sorry for the way I'm thinking. You are a great God. You are a God of love, and you love me so much that you died for me. I want to receive your son right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, 
come into my life right now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God smile on you. If you haven't been baptized, you can get somebody that knows something about salvation to get you to baptize you. It have to be a saved person that baptize you. If you worry about what to be baptized in the name, if you want to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, you do that. If you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you can do that. Only one baptism. And that one baptism is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I was baptized three times in my lifetime. I was baptized three times. But that don't mean I had to get saved again. I just wanted to renew my faith. So if you don't get baptized and Jesus Christ comes tomorrow, you still will go to heaven because water can't save it. It took the blood of the Son of God. It took God's blood through his Son, Jesus Christ, to save your soul. God bless you. God smile on you. This is Elder G. Bazaar coming to you from Warren, Ohio. Y'all continue to pray for me that I'll be what God called me today. If I don't see you down here, I'll meet you in glory. In Jesus' name, I want to say amen to the church. <laughs>